And further, let's turn to the Lord before we open his word. Dear Father in heaven, it's with joy and, and deep pleasure, dear Father, true pleasure that we turn to thee now collectively. We come to thee around this word. We anticipate opening it and receiving a blessing, dear Father, and we want to ask for that blessing before we do that. Lord, we are so dependent upon thee. We are but weak beginners, as we've just sung. But we desire more. We desire to progress on that road. That road, wherever it's going to lead in 2024, wherever thou wouldst have us. Because we know we serve a, a, a powerful God, an awesome God, who sees the beginning, sees the end, and loves us. So, dear Lord, as we embark on this new year, help us to do it not only together with each other, but hand in hand with thee. Give us what we need. Sustain us this day with the daily bread that we need from thy word. Dear Lord, there are many needs that we've already just mentioned a few. We pray for them. We anticipate to pray more for them, dear Father, but we want to, at the beginning of the service, acknowledge Brother Edwin and Sister Sigurd and their deep need of thee for for healing and for comfort at this moment. Be with them. Lord Jesus, bless this word before we open it. Amen. I'd like to uh, read with the Lord's help out of uh, James, the epistle of James, chapter 1. right near the end of the Bible, right after Hebrews. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried... He shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. 
For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. I've read to verse 18 and James chapter 1. May God bless the reading of his word. The Lord is worthy that we bow before him in prayer. O Lord God, thou who art in heaven, you dwell in two places, the Bible says. In the heavens above, in the courts of glory, and also in the hearts of men. And we thank thee, Father, as we have read this morning, that in thee there is no variableness, there is no shadow of turning. And great is thy faithfulness, Lord. O Lord, who are we and what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visited him? We have been made lower than the angels, Lord. And yet those that become your children those that have embraced the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior have been exalted to become your sons and daughters. And brother and sister to the Lord Jesus Christ. What a high vocation, what a high calling that we should be called your children and you our loving Father. O oh, loving Father, we pray that you would be merciful and gracious to us this morning. Help us to lift up our voices, to lift up our hearts, our thoughts unto your throne and to the meditation of your word this morning. Give utterance unto our dear brother that he would expound it in clarity, in truth, and in simplicity that all can understand that by it we could all be edified, that, this, that the planted seed would sprout up and bring forth much fruit in due season for your glory. Father in heaven, we thank thee that we can have this opportunity to, to be here in peace and quietness in your sanctuary. There are many that cannot do this today, many that are persecuted, many that are living in war-torn countries, that are facing horrific 
destruction. We pray for them as well, that your word may reach their hearts, that the world may know that the way to, to fulfillment is not through war, but through embracing the Lord Jesus Christ as the Savior. He is the answer to this world's problems. He is the answer to our lack of peace, to the conflict that is not only out there, but also within our own hearts. Father, we pray for the sick, those that have been chronically sick for many, many years. We pray that you would visit them, comfort them, make your presence known in their lives, and they may feel your presence despite what they may be going through. And that they may come to the conclusion, as long as you are with them and in their hearts, they have all their need. We pray for them, for healing, for strength, for comfort. We pray for the widows, the widowers, the lonely, the shut-in, the isolated. Be their comfort, Lord, and strength. And Lord, provoke us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, and to love and good works, that we would also visit them and encourage them. As we have heard already this morning of Brother Edwin in hospital again, in his older age, The sister Sigurd who has taken a fall. Oh Lord, there are many that we could pray for this morning and you know each and every one of them. Your word tells us that when we visit them, that we feed the hungry, that we, when we clothe the naked, when we visit the sick and those that are in prison, somewhere in the, in the prisons of their bodies or their homes, that we visit you, that we minister to you. Father in heaven, we pray for those that are traveling to and from their homes in Toronto, and we pray that you would be with them and protect them on the way home. We pray for kings lifting up holy hands and all those that are in power for all men, everywhere, your, your word tells us that we lift up our hands, holy hands, and pray and intercede. For it is your will that all could be saved. It is your will that all would be saved. We pray that they would respond to the gospel message. Be with us, Father, this day. May your name be lifted up and glorified. And speak to our hearts again, we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but I am excited to be here this morning. 
the holidays were nice. They, we had a good time with family and abundance of food, as much as you could eat, and uh, gifts and things like that, and it was, it was nice. But I don't know, I think it was me more, I think just neglect of my daily devotions, my time with the Lord and all that. I, I think actually it was a bit of a desert in some ways for me, that I, I missed some things. I, I, I have a thirst, a desire to, to dig into God's word more, and I am excited to be here with you, brothers and sisters and friends, sharing God's word and thinking about it, because uh, that's really where, where the excitement for me lies. It's nice to spend time with 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 loved ones. I enjoyed it. It was wonderful. It was a blessing. Uh, it's, um, it's very precious. But there is no substitute for time spent in God's Word, meditating, taking it in day by day, daily. And when that's neglected, I have to confess that first of all for myself. You can have all everything else in your life going on and still be missing the most important thing. So I am excited, I hope you are too, to, to take God's word in, to, to, to meditate on it, to think about it, to, to see what our deepest needs are in the light of this new year. I did listen to the, the message that was preached last Sunday morning on Acts 13 that Brother Edmund had listened to it on our podcast that's available on our um, church website. And... What struck me from that message was God, the, the sermon, Apostle Paul's sermon in, in Antioch, how he started with the context. He gave this whole arc of, of, of Israel, of, of the nation of Israel, how in every generation there was their context, and yet God is working this grand story, this big story. And then he brought it home to the people there and presented the gospel to them there in Antioch and said, now, in your context, how are you going to respond and I was thinking, you know, only in Christianity are those two scales so linked. The, the big scale of, of the, the, the whole purpose of all of history, you know, God and his infinite wisdom creating time and space. And then the, 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 the everyday, the quotidian scale of, of what you and I do day in and day out. Those things are inextricably linked, and the Bible presents both. It presents the whole big scale of history, the purpose, why these things, how they were created, and it records the, the, the daily activities, people like you and me, what they experienced, the things that they did, their daily activities. You know, that's the... The message of the gospel, the, the, in, the eternal, unknowable God sent his son into time and space to a particular time and place so that you and I, every moment of our walking, waking lives now, through the Holy Spirit, can experience fellowship with him. That, the, the grand and the vastness down to the, the, the infinite, the, the, the particular, the daily, the moment by moment. Only Christianity. If you look any, everywhere else, any other religion, any other truth claim, lofty ideals may be up here, but the connection to the here and now. And that's what I love about James. That's, I think, what, 
that's, I think, the Lord led me uh, this way to, to at least look at this scripture here before us because I love James for the practical and the everyday. You know, James spends very little time on, in, his, in his letter on the high theology, the big themes of the Bible. It's here and there. You can see it. I know, I'm sure it wasn't for lack of knowledge. James was one of the pillars of the church. He was uh, him and, 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 and Peter and John mentioned in, in, in um, Acts 15. You know, when their church is meeting together, they, they, they all spoke and um, mentioned Galatians 2. This is likely the half-brother of, of the Lord Jesus, the one to whom in 1 Corinthians 15 the Lord appeared after he was resurrected. So this is not a man who doesn't have a lack of knowledge about the big, the grand scale, the purpose, why God is doing things. But this is a man, a leader of the church, that feels the need to instruct those early believers in righteousness, in how to live the everyday, the practical, what we need to do day in and day, how we need to think day in and day out, how we need to approach our experiences, our life experiences as we go on. He felt that was the need, that what they needed to hear in those first, I don't know, maybe 10 years after Christ ascended. And it's what we need to hear now in 2024 too, those practical everyday instructions. You know, James, it's been said, this, this epistle, it's kind of like the, the book of Proverbs. Like he, the way he writes is these, these short kind of epigrammatic little statements that stick in your mind. And I think that is part of the power of, of this word. And I'd encourage you this year, let's, let's take some of these things that we've read just now. Let's stick them not only in our minds, but in our hearts too. As what we experience comes out, these things will help us. For example, this first one here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That is a shocking opening to a letter, isn't it? Think about it. Count it all joy when you experience really difficult things. That's what he's saying. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when, not if, when. In this coming year, you will experience temptations and trials. It, it, it's going to happen. Not if this happens, then no, you have something to fall back on. It's going to happen. Be assured. This year will bring its share of difficulties, its challenges. It's, it's things that you didn't expect. He says, when ye fall, things that happen suddenly we were just going along, life was going this certain way, and then all of a sudden, boom, here we go. When you fall into diverse, many different kinds of temptations, you know, we are creatures of pattern and of habit. Once we've conquered something, we think, okay, I've got that under my belt. I know how to handle this. And then something else comes along, a different spin, diverse temptations, when ye fall into diverse temptations. So all different kinds of things are going to happen this year on many different levels. On a physical level, just in the level of your body, you're going to get older. Another year will be notched. 
For the young ones, that doesn't mean too much, but for the older ones, that, that means maybe a bit more, another year. I know at the end of this coming year, I'm going to be older than I was at the beginning. That's, I'm going to feel a little differently. I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, but I know those aches and pains, they're going to be a bit more. My imagination will run a little bit further. On that level, on the physical level, on the mental level, on, on the way we think, on what the world throws at us, what new uh, Satan is, in some ways he's trying to cook up new things. You know, he repeats the same things. Nothing's new under the sun, but there's always seems to be some new angle that the world comes out, some new doctrine that gets exposed, espoused. 2024 will bring its share of that, too. On the level of our hearts, there will be temptations and trials just because of who we are, the way God has made us. But in all these diverse temptations, all these different things, God wants you to know that there is a similarity, there is a sameness, there is a common purpose in all of this. This is what he wants you to see in all of this. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. This is the commonality between all these diverse temptations that will happen, these trials that will come this year. God is working and can work. A completeness and a perfection. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, God has ordained it this way. There is no other way. There's no other way to completeness and perfection but to go through the various trials you're going to experience this year, not to run from them. There's no other way. God in his wisdom has ordained it this way. I hope we could all see that in the midst of those things. I hope we could see past what we're going through and say, Lord, this is the way that you have ordained to make me more perfect Blessed is the man, verse 12, that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So, let's take James's pithy saying, count it all joy. So let's lodge it in our minds and in our hearts this coming year. When something is thrown at us, we're going to say, I'm going to count it all joy. Not as, a, as some means to, to, to plaster a, a fake smile across your face and, oh, I'm just going to pretend everything's happy. Pack up your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile. No. We don't have to love the troubles, the, the, the trials, the difficulties we're going through. I don't think that's what God wants us to do. But he wants us to love him. The Lord hath promised the crown of life to all them that love him. And that's how I love the Lord this year. When I go through difficulty, difficulties, things that are not um, convenient, things that I wish were gone, even about myself, things that I wish were better, as I struggle with those things, whether it's my particular mindset, the way I tend to think about things, or my weaknesses, the things that Satan seems to have an easier time grabbing hold of me, help me to see, Lord Jesus, help me to see that those things, as I count it all joy, as I endure those things, 
I'm being made completer, more perfect, being readied and prepared to receive the crown of life, the thing that is promised in the future. Think about that. My laziness. I'm a lazy person. (laughs) My boredom at times and the desire to reach up for some other distraction. As I endure those things, patiently waiting on the Lord Jesus, not giving into temptation, not taking the easy way out, not gratifying my lusts, as I endure those things, I'm being made more perfect and more complete. Let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then he goes on and James, this is another one of those things, similarities with Proverbs. They'll have a saying and then seems to switch the, the topic. He just jumps to something else. But they're actually pretty connected in a lot of ways if you think about them. He jumps, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Amen. There are so many times this past year, looking back, I didn't ask for godly wisdom. I just proceeded and did, or just kept on going and doing what I was doing and experiencing frustration or whatever it was, failure. And I didn't stop to ask for wisdom from God. I'm reminded of Solomon, that prayer that he had, that, that God came to him in a dream and said, I'll give you anything. Ask anything, and I'll give it to you. And God doesn't lie. He doesn't, it wasn't some kind of trick question. You can have anything, Solomon. What, what do you want? And Solomon said, I need wisdom. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go in or come out. I don't know how to lead this, your people. I think we all lack wisdom, don't we? We all don't know what we really need or what our loved ones really need or how to supply it to them, what our church needs, what our brothers and sisters need, what this world around us need, needs, the way we should. We need that wisdom. Of ourselves, we really don't have it. If any of you lack wisdom, I lack wisdom. I just have to look at my life, the decisions I make sometimes, the way I approach things, the, the, the mindset I get into. Wow, that was a foolishness. The way I reacted there, that was just foolish. I need wisdom. Let me ask. Let me ask. How should I ask? James says, let him ask in faith. Let me ask in faith. And there's a number of different ways. He illustrates here one of the ways. Let me ask consistently for wisdom. This year, let me ask consistently. Pray consistently. Not January, by the time April rolls around, the fitness goals and the the, uh, whatever the New Year's resolutions are faded, whatever people had planned, it's gone. 
Now, consistency. James had a nickname, Camel Knees. I don't know if you've heard that, but tradition says that his knees were so tough, they were like a camel's, because he prayed consistently. He was a praying man, and I'm sure he prayed, and what drove him to his knees, a big part of that was his responsibility to care for others, his love for others, that he needed that wisdom. Can you imagine that? As, as the, there's one little insight there in that, in that Acts 15, that whole issue of the Jews and Gentiles and the church and how are they going to handle this? Do the Gentiles need to keep the law? Uh, there was a, a large faction in the church then that, of course, they said, well, this is what, the, the, what God has given us, the law of Moses. It's good. We need to keep it. We need to instruct these new believers that are coming into the church to keep it. I'm sure they were sincere. I don't think they were all treacherous people, though some evidently were, as you can read in Paul's letters. There was a large faction in the church that believed that, and yet there was another faction that said, we couldn't keep this law. It's clear if you read it that, that what the purpose of the law is, and as that issue was sitting before him and the other leaders in the church there, I'm sure he would have wished, can't you just resolve this some way, God? Can't you just appear and, 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 and just make it 100% clear? But no, it came down to a meeting, a church meeting, a council at Jerusalem, where the wisdom that James had prayed for, I'm sure many times, was evident, was displayed. And I think this is how God desires and delights to work in his children. To supply them that heavenly wisdom as they ask for it, as they wait for it, as they look to him. I want to do more of that in 2024. So let me ask consistently in faith, in faith, based on the faith that I already have in God's word, the wisdom that's contained there, looking into his word, reading it, desiring it, I need wisdom for my life, and it's found here in these pages. And let me ask in faith and in trust. Faith is also trust. Trust in the one who gives freely, liberally. That's, that's how he says here. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, freely, and abradeth not. Abradeth is an is older word, but it means he doesn't uh, shake his finger at you, uh, admonish you, and all remind you of all the things that you did bad in the past, all the, all the mistakes you made. And I, I'm sure as we get closer to him, those mistakes become clear. In the light of his glory, in the light of his, his goodness, we do realize our shortcomings, but we, we don't come to a father who's shaking his fingers at us. He, he gives. He gives freely. He will give liberally. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can have a clear course in 2024, a clear path and direction in all the turmoil of this world, or you can go here and you can go there and you can be thinking one thing one moment and, and then swayed by one opinion the next. 
you can be unstable. You can be tossed like that wind. As you see, I have a picture of a, those big waves going in the, as the sea, um, in the sea, as the, as the wind is blowing, it's blowing the top of them, and it's all turmoil. It's, you don't know which way is which. There can be clear direction and guidance this year. You can have peace, assurance, in the midst of diverse temptations, if you ask the Lord, if you're waiting on him. Here, James then seems to switch the topic again, but I think they're connected. He says, verse 9, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Like, why is he talking about this now? I think he's referencing to us some wisdom that we already know, some basic core wisdom that the one that has very little in this life, now in the gospel you have so much. And the one that seems to have a lot in this life, that lot that you have is not really that much in the light of eternity, in the light of God's goodness. That's a basic wisdom that you already have. Make your, your decisions. Obtain additional wisdom from God based on that. That all of the things you see, the, the goods you can accumulate this year, they're going to pass. They're going to fade away. You're going to be like the flower of the grass. That whether I'm uh, just last night was looking through the, the pictures already. My kids are getting so big. Time is just going by. Seems like just a few years ago that our youngest was born. The grass is growing. It's going to soon wither. It's soon going to fade. That's wisdom. Help me, Lord, this year to make. Decisions based on that wisdom. It's interesting, verse 12, you know, he talked about temptations and trials at the beginning here, talked about wisdom, and then he seems to come back to the topic. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. We already read that. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. I think James is circling back to make sure that we understand the nature of temptations and trials. You know, in English, we try to separate those two. We use different words, trial and temptation. And there's some validity to think of those in a different ways. You know, trials are those things that just happen. Temptations are, you know, the, the temptation to, to sin. But it's one word in, in the Greek. It's one related word, tempt, tempted and temptation. It's one word. And really, every circumstance, whether it's that pull you feel in your flesh to do what is sinful, or the thing that comes upon you that is not uh, necessarily sin, it's, every circumstance has that two-sided nature to it, a test from God and a temptation from Satan. There are two ways it could go. As you say no to sin, as you say no to your lusts, to your flesh, you're being tried. You're being purified. I know it, brothers and sisters. I believe it. I've asked God consistently over years for victory, for, for better um, utility and purpose in his kingdom. And he's answered in his way, in, in ways that I know are not of me, that are miraculous. And it is just a matter of asking and waiting on him. It's not a matter of being stronger and of ourselves. Every situation, every circumstance is two-sided 
and, and Satan can tempt because there is something in us. There is lusts in us that can be enticed. You know, Satan doesn't make us do things. It doesn't force us to do stuff. It's because there's something in us that responds and that something in us needs to be put down, needs to be disciplined. When we fall, we need to get up again. We need to persevere. We need to ask the Lord for forgiveness. In faith, ask for that wisdom, that power, that strength. Do not err, my beloved brethren. I think this is a cause so often of a lot of our errors and our wrong thinking is that we don't see God's purposes in these things. We just throw up our hands. We get discouraged. We think, why, is, why are things this way? Why am I this way? Let's see God's wisdom in these things. close with this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Above all this, squalor and difficulty and misery, the fallenness of this life, someone once said the cussedness of things, I hope you don't resort to salty language to describe what you experience around you, but above all this is a good God who created all things good, who did not create sin, who doesn't tempt to, to, for people to fall, who created everything good, and through all these things has made a way back, a way back through redemption, through Jesus Christ. He has given a good gift in which there is no variableness. This gift of salvation, this, this gift of strength and power in him, there's no changing in it. It's not a, a here one moment, gone the next type of moment. This is true. This is solid. This is firm. This is something you can trust in. From a good God who doesn't change his mind. He hasn't changed his mind about you this year. He hasn't... Um, given up on you, thought you're not really worth it. You know, I tried. I, I gave you my son. What have you done? No, this is a good God who has no variableness in him, no shadow of turning. His face is towards you. The light of his countenance is upon you. You need to respond to that, to see what goodness he has for you. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And I don't really understand what he means by that. I, I, think, I think maybe how we're living here and now in the spirit, the life that we're living now in the spirit is, is, is a foretaste, is an example, a sample of the new creation of when God will make all things new. We're the first fruits of a grand new creation in which there will be no cussedness. Let's live this year as those first fruits of his creation. To his honor, to his glory, we serve a good God who has made a way through all the diverse temptations. And one of those things 
is this word that we read that we can hide in our hearts, those simple things, to count it all joy, to hide that in our hearts. May God bless his word. Brother, please lead us in prayer. Let's kneel before the Lord. Heavenly Father, how blessed we are that in this new year, we're able to gather together to hear thy word, to hear thy wisdom, and to hear the instruction that you have given us in this day. Lord, as we go through this year, help us to keep that zeal in our hearts, that whatever we may need, that we may come to you, whether it be wisdom, whether it be strength, whether it be thy help, we pray that you would continue to give us strength and help us, Lord, to bring glory and honor to you. Lord, we know that we suffer through many trials and temptations, but we know that it is for thy good and to become stronger and to become closer to you Help us, Lord, that we would find that strength to overcome ourselves, to overcome this world, and let you shine through us so that others may see thy light in us. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who could not make it here today. There are many that are sick, many that are struggling, who have been hurt, and we pray, Lord, for your healing power upon them comfort them and their families continue to keep them safe and heal them quickly lord where we also pray for those who have chosen not to come today or even that came today who chose not to hear your word lord you know what is in their hearts and even though man's common nature is to harden their heart lord you are the you are the formula that can soften any heart. Help them to allow you in and to allow your word to encompass their heart, their mind, and even change the way of their thinking. Heavenly Father, we're thankful once again that we can gather here today. We pray that throughout this week, we would keep this word hidden in our hearts as we heard today and that we would not just hide it there, but that when the time arises when we need to use it, that we would have that tool in our tool belt ready to go. Lord, thank you for your message today. Thank you for your blessings, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Would our brother please find a concluding hymn? This morning we heard about the wisdom of God and that how we can obtain the wisdom of God or acquire it, if you will. It's by asking. It's by asking. It's seeking. It's knocking. As Jesus said, if you ask and seek and knock, you will receive. It will be open to you. It shall be given to you. But then we heard that we need to ask it in faith, not doubting. 
This past week, I, uh, someone mentioned, uh, I was listening to somebody's testimony, how he came to God, and, and the question is, um, why, isn't, why isn't it if someone just says, Jesus, come into my heart, why don't, why don't they change? Why doesn't that happen? And he explained in his own testimony that the faith that God wants you to have is it's a faith, it's a trust in his integrity. It's a trust in the integrity of God. In other words, if he says to you, I as God am telling you this, I am who am the creator, I who formed you, I'm telling you this, and you reject that and say, no, that can't be true. Then you're questioning his integrity. And he said, if someone asks you your name and you give them your name and you say, I don't believe you, then what does it make me? Am I lying to you? Paul writes to the Romans and he says, let God be true and every man a liar. Because God manifested himself to this world. God showed himself through the creation, through the, the fulfillment of all of his prophecies given through the prophets. And yet they reject him. It can't be true. It's not, a, it's not a belief in something without an evidence. It's something, it's a belief and a trust in a God who has shown himself and demonstrated himself, as it says in Romans chapter 1. He's manifested himself to all of creation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it's not without foundation. It's not without evidence. I pray that those of you who have been sitting on the fence and not trusting in the word of God that your life in him will be far greater and more fulfilling and in the end eternal life than in the life and the path you're going now, living from day to day, seeking for happiness or seeking for events that will make you happy on for a very momentary time. He says, trust me, and I'll give you a life more abundant, Jesus said in John chapter 10. I pray that you will trust God and believe what he says. To him be the glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.